when we do this um yeah you punching the <laughs> punching the clock over there man when we do this stuff uh when johnny has a mic stand when he does the cigar style mic stand look at these listen to these guys <laughs> the fucking modern lovers next door um perfect when you have your when johnny has a mic stand he i have to turn up his uh, gain his gain stage changes because he's like uh kind of you know he's got like a play misty I for be- me i've become of more of a posture driven more of a kind of a jeff goldblum like oh. late, late night mm. well i guess that is play misty for That's me eastwood more yeah. like this goldblum would play a good like jazz DJ. He's kind of sexy. Huh? He's kind of a bit in whenever he talks. He's, he's an like, amazing pianist. Oh, I'm a bit like this. Uh, you know? <laughs> I talk a bit like, well, like I can't do either. You I can't do, do it either, but it's that kind of vibe. He's like, he's he's kind of a bit, I'm always suggesting things. You can't. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, trying, no, I'm trying to do Jurassic Park, you know? Oh, I see. You see, there, there's a certain. Well, I can't think of any of the lines, though. This is a horrible yeah, start. Horrible. I thought we'd just hit the gate running here. Hit the gate running? See, the I can't even talk. Running? It's Mike, man. He's got such a He's presence. He's throwing me off. He's got too Fuck. much of a presence. This is a big night. We got Mike back. Yeah. It's all come full circle, boys. We got the band back together. This is uh, almost reminds me of the circle of fear, which <laughs> oh, is what Don again? Henley makes the other guys do. Do you know about this? No. Tell us all about it. Pre-tour regiment. Okay. They sit in a circle. <laughs> One guy who's not even in the fucking band plays guitar. He'll play the guitar for all the songs, and they just have to sing. You, there's no hiding in the circle of fear. <laughs> <laughs> they call it the. They circle had Mike of fear? Wallace like 12 years ago listening in on them, just memorized these guys singing perfect oh, yeah. harmony. Circle of fear. <laughs> well, I've seen it at the where they do uh, seven, seven bridges, bridges road, road yeah. at the start of the dock. You know, that's what we're talking about here. That's a, probably a precursor. You got no a guitar in that song or that intro. No. Yeah, but they know the songs. Like, they can always play them acoustic. Oh, like yeah. Joe says, man, it's like, just because you write them doesn't mean you can play them. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm not going to lie. We're talking about the Eagles, right? Yeah, man. Also, this is a Wednesday episode, and I keep saying these to our kind of our premium patrons backstage. But uh, subscribe to our Patreon. You know, we want to buy the Doom Tour box set from David Crosby. It's five hundred dollars. <laughs> it's really right expensive. Now, <laughs> it's really expensive. It's it comes a, in a. a it's going to be about one Bitcoin next month. It comes in a, yeah. It comes in a cedar, a handcrafted cedar <laughs> box. That you or like probably yeah no cedar I think could be could be rosewood and he's just got some corner of his house fucking full of these things like I do Shiloh's hundred percent yeah like he's like he's pit he's selling them out of the back of his trunk of his car like like he's like anyone want to buy this it's shit like no one says it's good I can't but it's it's I only, need to see it I though. need to hear it, looks it so bad but so good you know you know the Doom tour it's kind of yeah. like you know he's like. You know, they're mostly like, it's mostly about like after they play when like Graham Nash has got multiple screens set up to watch Watergate and the Is there the footage trials. of that? All of that stuff. You get it all. It's all in there? Hookers wow. and Nixon. It's that vibe. I heard the other day that Graham Nash has an audio book out. Nice. Wild Tales. Oh, yeah. It's him, he, him reading it. And apparently it is pure gold. Oh, yeah. Like it's just him talking like just 
talking about all the sleazy uh-huh. stories and then also just like worshiping David and Stephen oh, wow. and going on and well, on. Well, those days are gone because he certainly doesn't now since David spoke publicly about his wife. <laughs> That's where the breakup came, right? The schism is David's like just shit on Graham Nash's new like young bride and said like she's well, him corrupting and Neil, him. Man, it was both. Yeah, that's right. The double kill shot. But but Graham Nash like days want to talk. What a piece of shit. I know. But Graham Nash apparently uh I forget what I was going to say. He what, uh, the modern dude, get a beer in you, man. It's hard it's, it's hard to watch. <laughs> It's this band. I'm having trouble not following yeah, this little, walking we'll, bass I'll give a little kind of rundown to what's going on here. Like, uh, I'm in my <laughs> studio here, but it's really just over the last couple of months turned into a jam space. And there's a room next door that never had anyone in it and now, like, kind of has about 18 bands in it. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, the dream is dead. Another like scalp for the impossible way of life of being a musician because I've just lost... Any solace I had. Well, it, it very much an impossible way of life that like this is an example of like they they used to have a keyboard player, a yeah. guitar player, yeah, and they've all left, and now it's just the drummer and bass Some, player. Uh, just... And you know, it's um, it's you know, we spoke to the authorities, and it's uh, best left unsolved. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> but, <laughs> but also getting... that this building is getting torn down to build condos. That's Sounds why like I'm the fucking it. Eagles, if you ask me. You got yeah. half the kids in the band now, and is that how it works? Deacon Fry is in the band. No way. Deacon Fry. You know what's funny? When I listened to that, you sent me that. I thought they were just calling Glenn Fry Deacon Fry, <laughs> like he was That's like a, he'd name. become a holy man or something. Is, de- is he? Do you think he's named <laughs> That's after? That's what I mean. Our resident deacon over yeah. here, like like he leads the prayer circle, similar to the fear circle. Yeah, the circle of fear is like, and then they do the circle of prayer, and then the circle jerk. Yeah. It makes sense, like 100%. that kind of regiment making those guys like we're yeah. gonna practice this, and there's gonna be no one, no hiding. You can't turn your amp no. up. Uh huh. That's what that you're saying. Like that's why Meisner left. He couldn't. He couldn't. They were bullies. They bullied. Couldn't him. hack it in the circle of fear. I wonder. Yeah, and he wouldn't sing. Take it to the limit. What he live? He couldn't do it. That he just the pressure. He, he didn't want to do it every no, night. I think he just didn't want. To, I think he just wanted the piss to piss off. No, I don't think us. so. I think he was Probably. a sensitive guy. He's more from the Poco side of things. Those guys could have been the Eagles, but didn't have the cutthroat mentality. I want to get into that. The money making mentality, the dollar money making mentality that the right. Eagles had. Because there's a lot been said about that over the years that Poco were supposed to be the Eagles. Really. Yeah, so like they were like positioned to they come were, out of LA they and were be position. like that yeah. country rock band. Well, I've and, heard yeah. that interview with Timothy B. Schmidt where he's like, you know, we were all ready to go. We had it all set to go. And then I turned on the radio and I heard, while I'm standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona, and I knew it was all over. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? That's all you wow. needed to hear to just give up well, I mean, on, they being, had on being the really, biggest. Hanley and Fry were like the avatars of like corporate mega takeovers. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Well, I and think they he, first yeah. poached Meisner out of Poco. Yeah. And let's face it, Poco never had a legitimate hit till what, the, 1980? No, like Rose of Simran. Well, or is that a hit though? No. I mean, I like Good Feeling to Know a lot. That's a great They record. had a lot of good songs. I yeah. like Poco, but they didn't yeah. really have like a big hit. No, they didn't. So it was one and of so those. When, like, when no, they didn't Fry have money making mentality. And Henley would get together at Troubadour and like plan their literally plan takeover. It out. Yeah. They're like, we got to poach Meisner, yeah, and we need hits, yeah. Trade, which brings me 
this is amazing. So out of all the fucking <laughs> yes, out of all you know, how many hits do the Eagles have? At least a lot, right? Two yeah. of the top Here selling is albums of all the, the hits. They got written two of, just by Fry and Henley. Okay. There's five. The long run, all right. One of these nights, probably the best on the list. That's good. Yeah. Lion Eyes, Shit. Desperado, and Tequila Sunrise. So they didn't even write. <laughs> That's the only songs that those two wrote. Yeah. Okay. What a joke. Already gone. Jack Tempkin wrote it. Okay. Best of My Love, Souther, and then I think Hanley and Fry probably finished the lyrics. Yeah. That's a, the story of this band. Is they would take a song idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Song is pretty much half over. Done, yeah. And they just write the lyrics and get the credit. Peaceful, Easy Feeling, Jack Tempkin. Take Jackson it easy. Brown, too. Jackson right? Brown. Yeah. Witchy Woman, Bernie Leadon. <laughs> yeah, Leadon and Sal. <laughs> take it to the limit. Meisner. Hotel California and Victim of Love, Don Feldner. Incredible. And had them ripped from him. <laughs> yeah. He's very vocal about very that. Very vocal about Here's it. Here's Don Hanley on Victim of Love. Letting Feldner sing Victim of Love would have been the equivalent of to having Hanley play lead guitar on Hotel California. Wow. They needed his voice. Well, I heard Glenn Fry say, he's like, you know what? He's, he's, like, <laughs> he's like, you know what? We he's like, when you got... Henley, yeah. when you got a voice like that in your band, yeah. wouldn't you do the same thing? Yeah. If you had Don Henley. Yeah. The list like goes he, on, boys. He recorded the fucking vocal. Yeah. Over uh, the weekend. Uh, Feld, no, Fel, uh, Felder. Felder went out for lunch with and his manager, came lunch. back, and it was he done. He it was Henley, and it was like a different key or something. They're like, it's over. Yeah. New it's kid over. in town. Souther. Life in the city. shoved him up against the wall, and he's like, yeah. fucking forget like about proper, it. Like proper, like, quarterback shit. <laughs> yeah, Linebacker. Into the locker. Yeah, it's, they have lockers put in. Shit. They have lockers put in to do <laughs> wedgie. that Wedgie. Yeah, it gave him a wedgie. Put his fucking head down the toilet. Yeah, that fucking stuff. forget it, you shithead. Yeah. Heartache tonight, Bob Seger and J.D. Sutter. What? Wow, Seger. Bob Seger wrote the fucking chorus over the phone. He just heard it. He's like, here's the chorus. <laughs> I'll give it to you guys. I Holy that. shit, that makes a lot of sense. Because yeah. that's easily like the best one, I and think. And then right. Life in the Fast Line in the City, Walsh, of course. Yeah, but that's Walsh. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's my kind of shit, man. Yeah. That's where I... That's where, like, Walsh, hard... Walsh goes play some solo gigs, and you know what Don Henley comes out and says? He's like, accept no substitutes. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. You know Lion Eyes? I was listening to it on the way over here, and I was thinking like, it's got a real kind of crazy incel energy it's like i feel like because i was listening to it and it's i used to think that disco strangler was the cokiest song of all time and i think that, argue that i think it's hard to argue with that but lion eyes is interesting because it's the story of a hot woman who's stuck with like an older like kind of rich dude mm-hmm. who is wanting to go across town to like screw some young guy. And like at first they're kind of saying Presumably like, Glenn Fry himself. Well, this is where it gets interesting for me because I think that Glenn Fry and Don Henley, because they wrote it together, are all of the people in the song. I see. They are the fat <laughs> old guy with loads of money who's like, I deserve a, a babe for a, a wife. And like she's cheating on me. They're also. The they're so sociopathic that they're also the young guy who's like, yeah, I fuck girls. They come over to me, <laughs> but they're also the girl who's like, I do whatever I want. I'm the kind of scoundrel. I think that they wrote it from. They're so into themselves, they're feeling themselves so much that if you actually listen to the song, it makes no sense. They are all the characters in the song, you know. And it won. I it won a Grammy 
for the best song of the year. Can you believe that? Lying <laughs> eyes. Christ. I'll tell you right now, I was unable to do any audio research for this podcast <laughs> because I was hanging out last night with Alex and I was like, you know, we're having a beer and I said, I'll just throw on this Eagles Greatest Hits on Spotify. I don't own any of their albums, obviously. I do. And I tell you yeah. what. I have them all. Actually. I couldn't I couldn't get through it, man. I could not the first half of it. We're talking a, about the Eagles' greatest hits. Seventy what is it? Seventy one or seventy five. So no like the record that came out like the week after. And then the Hotel my California. dongle started fucking up. Oh, and I yeah. just figured like, you know, my phone had an aversion to oh, Eagles your phone didn't and wouldn't want let it. it play. So I was like, I heard all this fucking shit before. <laughs> Michael covered this stuff. <laughs> yeah, Mike's gone. I've been knee deep all day at work in the yeah. Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I like the long Maybe run. They're kind of <laughs> it's a probably dude. my favorite. Album. I kind of think of them a little bit philosophically as like a kind of doomsday, psychotically, project. for sure, sexually, philosophically, psychotically. <laughs> because you can imagine them being like with Gaffin discussing, like, yeah, like the acquisition of music, like how they're going to acquire it, like kind of like corporate takeover, and being like filled with that kind of like. It's like proto Wall Street energy. It's like Michael Douglas. It's kind of brilliant. It is. You, know, like you can think like, of them in the early seventies, just hanging out on in LA, be like, "How do we make it big?" Yeah, let's just get all these songwriters. Yeah, to do it for us. Like and they're here's also like Fry's version yeah. of "Take It Easy." Yeah, I was living in the same apartment building as Jackson Brown in Echo Park. I had heard an early version of "Take It Easy" and asked him about it. It's pretty. Yeah. Simple enough. Here's yeah. here's Brown's take on the whole thing. Glenn happened to be come by to say hi, and I showed him the beginning of that song. And he asked if I was going to put it on my record, and I said it wouldn't be ready in time. And he said, well, we'll put it on. We'll do it. Because he liked it. <laughs> but it wasn't finished, and he kept after me to finish it, and finally offered to finish it himself. Insane. After a couple times when I declined to have him finish my song, I said, all right. This is ridiculous. Go ahead and finish the damn song. Wow. <laughs> it's interesting because also the name itself, it's symbolic. It's like. <laughs> I was tripping out. I love this. It's just like it started with the birds. Let's fucking finish this with the eagles. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it's kind of it's kind of got like a. It's kind of got like a black pill vibe where it's like, yeah. we're going to we're gonna go out and we're going to take as many people with us as we can. Yeah. It's got a Mandalay Bay energy. Mm -hmm. It's got a kind of like, we're going to get, I'm going to get on that rooftop and I'm going to just take as many people with me. That's the only option. And they destroyed as much music as they possibly could by getting yeah. as rich as they could. They weren't even just satisfied being successful. They had to take, like, take the soul out of that scene. Well, that was the only way to get like all the other people to get into it. You know yeah. what I mean? There's this whole other group of people that weren't into the whole hippie summer of love shit. Yeah, and they were like, "This is, you know what I mean? Too flowery for me, <laughs> or like too political or something." And uh, there was a lot of money there, <clears throat> yeah. and they were like, "Well, we just have to take away all the soul, all the brains out of the lyrics, yeah. most of the good production, any kind of groove whatsoever, kind of make it." comfortable biggest selling life. album all time well two of the top three of <laughs> all know. time hotel california's number three i thought this one was higher yeah this for is a long time one. i think it was it's I like thriller's still number one 
Okay, well, we're to- we're we're well, not talking. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking on. like two of the top five selling records of all time. Fucking Don Hanley's the second richest drummer of all time, next to Ringo. Interesting. I would have thought richer, honestly. And he's still out there. He's you know he's like he heads the music union. Oh yeah, he's out there lobbying all the time for to himself. Congress for basically for himself to get more money. Yeah, yeah. Because as you know, you can go on YouTube. What are you doing, Johnny? What the? F- well, okay. It's just weird. But you can't play. These guys, have, I think we've turned these guys. They're doing folk oh. next door now. Jesus Christ. Sounds like Guinevere. <laughs> but yeah, if you have a YouTube channel, you can't play the Eagles. No. Even though that YouTube channel, will, all the revenue goes to the Eagles. Yeah, you can't play it. He's on it's, his insane. computer 24 hours a day, yeah. waiting kind of like a spy for like, He's just going through things that are ref- hashtags for the Eagles, shutting stuff down himself. Which funny, Team a guy so just like going that route made his whole career with working with other people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's a you know, no. What blew my mind is like, what's that? Was first signal that he did? He did uh, Boys of Summer. Yeah, Mike Campbell. Mike Campbell fucking wrote that song. Yeah. It's crazy. Tom Petty wouldn't do it. You know, like how much <laughs> fear. There must be. I've seen an interview with Mike Campbell talking about that song, and he says, I had this song. This is how this shit works. He said, I had this song, and I played it t- to Tom because I was messing around with drum machines and stuff. It's like kind of Dave Stewart, mid-'80s. I got a Lynn drum. I'm doing this thing. been hanging out with Jeff Lynn. You know, it's like yeah. that kind of vibe. And I had this song, Boys of Summer, and I played it for Tom. Is Jeff Lynn? Did he make? Is the Lynn drum named no, after it's Jeff not. Lynn? But it's like, <laughs> but he's kind of like no, no. But he's like no. But you know, Keltner Strange played the samples though, on the Lynn drum. Also, a bit, Keltner. Yeah. It's Keltner's snare. Should be called the Jeff Lynn drum. Yeah, basically. but it's Keltner's snare. Like literally, <laughs> like he he was like agreed. The most like, just perfect. Like, agreed. Crack. Yeah, it was just yeah. agreed that he had the best. Wonder what he got paid to do that. So, um, you know, Campbell's saying, like, he's got a song and he plays it to Tom. And Tom's, like, working on, like, I think, like, Full Moon Fever at the time. Does that make sense? That track? No, no. it would have been, been the time, I think, they were doing uh, the Alice of Wonderland video song. <laughs> or oh, Into the Great Wide Open? No, no, no. Oh, no, yeah. before, way before that. The Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, I don't know one is, uh, Don't was, come around here yeah, no more. Because it's got the same, Oh, like, it's, it's Dave Stewart era. Yeah. Okay. Is that the Alice in Wonderland one? I'm thinking of the Johnny Depp one. <laughs> Johnny Depp's What's in that? that one. Two gunslingers? No. That's Wildflowers. That's something. 90s. No, territory. that's like We're 80s. talking like 84, 85. 84, so it's like Two the one. Two gunslingers are the. Whatever. Yeah, that's like that's like 91. Oh, oh yeah. That's uh, I think that's um, the one he did with, uh, you know, the most famous guy did all the all that shit. Rick Rubin. Oh yeah, F- two, no. Two Gunslingers is on Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, the one integrate wide open it's, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Let's get, that's when Stan we gotta get Lynch knee got deep in, in fucking Don Henley. Well, listen, using people to further so, his career. So Mike Campbell plays this song for for Tom. Tom's like not into it, but he's not like not into it. He's just like I write the songs, man. So. Don, but like some manager guy or like Geffen's probably around. I mean, he's, I mean, he's a major part in this, like the money making machine, the money making mentality. So he hears it and he's like, "You should play this for Don," because like they're known Tom's as the guys. They're known as the, as the guys who like they. That's what they do. They're like they've got. 
it's kind of like a, a scouting system. Play this for Don. It's only half done, but he'll <laughs> take it. <laughs> he'll they, finish well, it. It'll be a fucking it. hit. They, they've kind of got a scout. <laughs> yeah, and he won't give you anything. He's kind of got a scouting system around, you know, right. like, you know, so like he's got people everywhere. Listen, ears operatives. everywhere. Operatives. Yeah, kind of operatives for sure. Yeah. And uh, Mike Campbell played him the song. Totally the same situation. Half finished, half baked. Don says, I'll take it from here. Song goes to number one immediately. And Mike Campbell said they were working on a record, The Heartbreakers. And he, he they went into the car to like listen to like the mixes that they were working on. You know, to see the sound on it, it's like him and Tom were sat in the car and turned on the, the tape machine, but like it was on the radio and that song was playing. And Mike Campbell had played spent so much time trying to not get Tom Petty to hear it because he was so scared that Tom Petty was going to freak out and be like, you fucking gave this song to Don Henley and it's number one. Yeah. And apparently like the song came on and like Tom kind of perks up and is like, I know this song and just looks at him and is like, good job, man. Good job. (laughs) And Mike Campbell was talking as if this was like nice of them. Like everyone was being nice to him. Like that his like fear of both Don Henley and Tom Petty was like, uh-huh. not part of the story it was just like i just like that's why tom's such a great guy like yeah. he like said it was okay that i gave three years later he does a solo album yeah exactly <laughs> exactly it's there you know these guys are cutthroat i mean that's that's don henley post you know 16 year old girls ODing in his yeah. bathtub that's kind of where he was at at that time well the eagles were one of the top party bands of all time and henley famously said here in this interview i read from him from 2016 or uh-huh. something which was very uh that they kind of asked him you know where they rank <laughs> in the debauchery category category of kind of like top trumps and uh some of the some of the the language here is great henley decrees contemporary pop culture for its crassness but agrees the eagles were no angels would he place them above Fleetwood Mac in the bad behavior Super League? Like the sleaze Super League. No, he says laughing. We didn't sleep with each other. Zeppelin would be right up there, and the Who and the Stones. So would we. But I've never tried to chart it out like that. <laughs> Obviously, we weren't as bad as our reputations because we're all still alive. Interesting. It is true. I think you think Joe Walsh out of that band is pretty clean cut. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think the rest of them are pretty, like, kind of corporate, elite kind of vibe. I see you brought that book about, aside, aside. Um, you know, the all financial. The, all the devils are here. Yeah, I wonder how much they feature in that. Geffen Very is... Very similar. I mean, Geffen has, like, I think, like, if you look at, like, modern art acquisitions and, like, the sale of modern art, like he's owned at some point like seven of the top 10 selling paintings of the last 80 years like jackson pollock's number five things like that like it's like bought by david geffen for 60 million in like 1968 sold by him for like 120 million in 1972 like he's like an art guy like to store to hoard and store his wealth in like the guy was like is like a culture guru and that's kind of what the Eagles are is like, he, you know, he's paying all this money to David Crosby. He's giving him like a million dollars being like, do as much coke as you want. Get, you know, all your friends to play on this shitty record where you haven't even got any lyrics. 
it'll you know it'll pay dividends because it looks good the culture's good it's zeitgeisty and i think he's the driver he sees it in like the eagles he's like there's the end game is a band that is gonna just like rip the soul out of all this stuff and and take it to like well, you know people listening to that shit in like vietnam and thinking that it's a it's all fine well even if he gave them like 10 million dollars to make 10 piece of shit albums yeah he's banking on the fact that mike campbell's gonna write one song that's gonna make them like 80 million yeah so you know it's all good if the bill if the bar bills you know half the price of the studio then there yeah. you go where did um where'd they come from? Like the guys. What like what scene? Do you were know they what in? the Eagles were called before they were called the Eagles? I mean when did Laura Nairo's band? The Shilohs. As well as Grand Parsons yeah, band? They were also called the Shilohs. I thought they were just called Eagle. That's cool. I thought too. they were also called the Shilohs. <laughs> really? I don't, know. I don't know about that. I remember finding this out and being really upset. I know yeah, that, that. Don Feldner playing the same band back in Gain is it well, somewhere in Florida with Steven Gain? Stills. Gainesville's where Petty's from. Yeah. So still He taught Felder taught Petty. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So that's the Henley dimension becomes more interesting there with Petty. Yes. Well, maybe there was a competitive Stills, scene. that's not surprising because he kind of military dip, family. He dips his toes <laughs> yes. into into every scene there is. Still famously how? Graham Nash famously said, you know, the thing with Steven was if there was a jam happening, he'd show up with his guitar out of nowhere. It could be in the middle of the desert. If there was a blues jam happening, there would come Stephen popping out with his guitar. That's what he said. Graham Nash's vibe's so cool, That's man. He just kind of so... knows it's crazy. But he's like, I'm I don't guy. think he does. I th- you don't <laughs> think totally so? fucking out to lunch. I think he knows the whole thing's crazy. He's been in the Hollies. Like, he's already he's just like, I'll go along with this shit. But like. He's talking about apparently in this audio he's book. He's kind of like the cult victim. Like he just gets, he, he yeah, gets he has a, swept up by it all. He has he's a little bit like, of a, yeah. that whole thing could have done no wrong to that guy. Yeah. Well, I've often said like that, you know, when he knocks on the door and stills and Crosby a jamming, you know, in a parallel universe, I'd answer it and just be like, Graham, it's not worth it, man. <laughs> Don't go into Mama Cass's house. You mean that was where they when <laughs> before he walked in to live the song triad, the yeah, three of them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Crosby blocked me for asking him if the song was about the three of them on Twitter. Yeah. I asked if triad was about him stills and Nash. <laughs> oh. I saw some guys. In the Nash audiobook, <laughs> apparently he said he talks a lot about David Crosby's crack and cocaine addiction yeah. and how he kind of loved him out of well, it. Well, he had the that. wisdom to say, wearing a kind of Dennis Hopper style gas mask. And like after after about ten years, where they would just turn enough's enough. They would just apparently (laughs) David would go into the The wiz bathroom. Apparently, I just had a conversation that he'd go into the bathroom like to free base every ten minutes during like a session. Yeah, and then he'd have like boils on his face and shit, and he's like, "We'd just all turn a blind eye." And then finally in the 80s, he had the foresight. The to wisdom tell him. Yeah. after he'd gone to jail well, for five years. Apparently the music years. just made up for it. Yeah. But he said, you know, David had a real problem. He said, I did coke from about 1967 <laughs> to 1989, but I was never addicted. Nice. <laughs> so he said, I was never addicted. Fuck yeah. 21 years, never addicted. 
I know in Vancouver where there's a copy, a, a used copy of Wild Tales. Oh, nice. Because I, well, I got to get the audiobook. Apparently, we could yeah. just fast forward to any chunk and it'd be like a better soundbite than we ever do. Nice. We can start using them. We should just start using them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what we should do. Uh-huh. Where do they come from, though? Like, do you know, like, where's, like, because we've been breaking it down, Mike, a lot, like, like where, like, we've kind of figured out that there's, like, in Laurel Canyon at the time, you've got the kind of vampire scene, which is, like, the whiskey. It's, like, Jim Morrison, kind of clown band kind of stuff. <laughs> Alice Cooper, John Phillips is kind of, and then, like, Crosby moves over to the folk scene, which is more, like, where Neil Joni more candles in the afternoon and kind of cats and, and and like Persian rugs and stuff. Where I don't know where Glenn and Dawn fit into the scene. I don't know where they're from, but I, they're definitely they bona fide pirates okay. posing as pilgrims. Interesting. Right. But I yeah. think they're also like they took what the vampires started right. and then just totally drove it into the fucking ground. You know what I mean? Any- but did they play in bands prior to the Eagles? Like, well, Bernie Leadon and yeah. Fellner both played in the same band with Stills back they're, in Florida. Oh, they, so I know those guys oh, are from down there. They're they're kind of gator music. One could only have alligator vibe. Well, De- Henley, I was reading today, he said, you know, what set them apart from these other kind of wussy groups yeah, exactly. <laughs> was that they were they were tough. Tough. Like kind of Steel. work from working class right. towns, communities, working know. class communities, working class Steel. families. So he's like, we were tough motherfuckers. Yeah, I could see that. I yeah. buy that. Uh-huh. I wouldn't want to run into either of those guys in a dark alley. Anybody that can make Joe Walsh sit down in the circle of fear has got yeah. to be a tough driven. One hundred sob. He didn't even know where the fuck he was at that time. <laughs> circle of fear. Also, like he's that's, in a hot air In my mind, in my mind, I still don't acknowledge that Joe Walsh was just doing one of these it's funny with joe walsh i love in the <laughs> anybody watching i'm yeah. pretending like i'm singing a fifth harmony part to seven yeah. bridges road but i'm actually not singing <laughs> but they got him in great the, podcast but podcast podcast like, like not sure i heard that fifth part yeah they're joe i don't know man i think that like i love him into the locker I don't think Joe would stand for it. I think that they, like, I I remember in the documentary thinking it was amazing, like, hit, like they're, like, they're, like, kind of man, they, they almost, like, are, like, coaches of the band because they're, like... Well, they're corporate owners of ex- the band. Exactly. And Wal- <laughs> Walsh and Sh- Timothy aren't. No, they're I know. They're basically hired guns. No, they, I know. They have no stake uh, in no. the band whatsoever. Do you, think, do you think they think of themselves more as a band or a corporation? A corporation. A hundred percent. Like, fe- luckily, oh, Feldner was he, he part owner, so early. he filed for whatever a divorce. Yeah, let's put it that way. I'd just like to let everybody listening know that we all knew this was coming because all I've been talking about is how much I hate the fucking Eagles and I didn't want to do an Eagles podcast. So I'm just sitting back watching the show here. This is where it ends. I have to drink my way out of this one. Okay. This is where it ends. It has to end here. But I think that that's interesting because with um, (laughs) with regards to like. Their acquisition. It's kind of like sports That's a bit, what it too. Is. Well, Henley, and, no, the acquisition of Joe Walsh in the documentary is really interesting because they're like, I was surprised. He's the only guy. They're that, more like a sports franchise. They are a sports franchise. <laughs> they're, they are a franchise. They're really? the general manager and, and well, who's the it's coach. Like, Geffen is well, the wait, owner. Wait, you can say Geffen's the owner and the managers but, are Fry, Fry and Henley. 100%. And They see know. a burgeoning scene. Okay. Yeah. Meisner, it's Pochum. Yeah. Leiden. 
Breeder Brothers. Let's poach him. Yeah. Now we want to go a different direction. Felder's kind of a hard rock guitar player. Get Sal we'll him. Out. Sal the goes. He's pussy. These guys are pussies. We're going <laughs> hard rock. It's like knowing that that like it's kind of like with the, the the David Bowie thing where he was like doing Hunky Dory because we did this like a while, I think it's probably going to come out after this one. But so okay, Hunky Dory's coming up, guys. But um, he's like doing Hunky Dory, but he's already making moves to be like I need to go well, it's Ronson. like drafting a team like drafting I, need, I need a glam rock band i'm gonna do ziggy i'm finishing this off but i already know that like folks done so i need to switch gears so like with joe walsh they're already making moves they're like hard rocks coming like we've destroyed folk now we're <laughs> gonna take out like james gang zz top we're gonna fuck that scene up too because yeah. they're kind of like the miami heat that destroyed basketball in a mm-hmm. way or yeah, like maybe true. like the nets are doing it right now i Stop following basketball right after Miami. Yeah, but they're all doing it now. They're all it, doing it, dude. What about the, the Arizona Coyotes? And for everybody listening, oh, uh, you should know you should know that the three of us used to have a sports podcast 100%. called High Roller Radio. I actually, where instead of saying we were going to talk about music and then not talking about it, we would say we were going to talk about sports and then we'd talk about music. It's true. That being yeah. said, I'm willing to. I don't. Pe- I don't think people know this listening, but. I actually consider this a sports podcast. <laughs> Still, a lot of people don't know. Well, it's that. for yeah. sport. Well, yeah. we're aren't we charting in the sport Canadian sports <laughs> podcast? Sports commentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sports commentary. It's like yeah. the top thirty or something. Well, like I mean, Jay is a big and fan. Climbing. <laughs> Jay, do you from... know Jay Onright is a big fan of our podcast? Jay who? Jay and Dan on TSN. Well, well really, it's just Jay actually. Just Jay. well, Dan <laughs> got canned. But Jay, yeah, Jay follows us. We message a uh, major nice. player in our thinking about getting him on to talk about Team Ten Forty, dude. That's some local shit that no one's going to understand. And no we're like number it. six podcast in the UK. The UK, so we so. can't talk hockey anymore. <laughs> no, unless it's field hockey. Field hockey, yeah. Commonwealth. You know sports. anything about field hockey, Mike? No, you know I don't. <laughs> but they loved. It's they funny loved though, Joe Walsh, though. That's but, all, Glenn, Fry and uh, Henley said he's like you know me and Fr- he talks about them being like the kind of managers yeah and because he says you know everybody loves to hate those guys in the band it's like Jagger and Richards and they just tell everybody else what to do and yeah they probably didn't have a lot of friends in the band but like they got the <laughs> job done and he's like and Roger Waters and everyone else I kind thought it was CEOs. interesting he threw that and they see which themselves is true I guess it's true yeah they kind That's of see the themselves Kiss as thing CEOs. too Kiss has that total uh CEO <laughs> that kind of the c- mentality. It's a CEO money dollar money making mentality. Yeah, it's like because everyone loves Peter Chris and like Ace Freely. Yeah, and then Stanley's got to come on and say, "Well, yeah, blah blah blah," but we got the job done. We got yeah. the fucking job done. Exactly. You need guys like me and G. Who is it? Yeah. Sim- Simmons and Stanley. Oh yeah, yeah. It's well, Simmons. Yeah, they, Simmons is a cutthroat business. Yeah. Let's do a kiss podcast, and I'll have nothing to say too. <laughs> We're talking about guys who saw saw where the money was and uh, went to the crossroads, you know, and they did it. It makes you surprised they didn't get clapped in in the group. It makes you real honestly. The e- <laughs> the story of the Eagles makes you makes me at least very skeptical of culture in general. This is a bit heavy, but it kind of well, makes me a little skeptical because how so? You because like what's its point? Like what's the point of it all? It's it's pointless if the Eagles can manipulate culture so easily. And I like the songs to the point that they have the two of the top selling records of all time. What's the job of culture? 
Well, I think it was just entertain. I know what you're saying. It's like you hope that you would have hoped after the. Let let me have my honey cruller here, and I'll get it. Is that a honey cruller? You would have hoped after. You know, I thought you were intermittent fasting. I had a whopper for lunch. (laughs) After the after the swing in sixties, yeah, we would have all hoped, man. That yeah. you know, people would have that that the art and the music would have shown through, and I see what you mean. It's kind of interesting that just like well, how easy somehow it is to just... a band that was like not even nearly the best band became the biggest band. It's yeah. like it's it. There's because something they, they they had the advantage of looking at all the failures. Interesting. So we see the Burrito Brothers as like yeah. the grandfather of all that shit. Yeah, yeah. but totally. they were a fuck up band. Yeah, could get the shit together. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Poco couldn't get their shit together, really. No. True. So they they saw all that. And they're like, okay, this it's got something. Yeah. What does it need? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Two. And it doesn't. Proper... And it doesn't need really good records. Apparently. Well, it, it. Well, they, they, they had hits. Man. They have. Yeah, hits. but like Why that's fucking... that's what I'm saying. But like they got big songs. Yeah, but they have. But I know they're big. But this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, and but... they sourced it out like a. Exactly. They kind of outsourced it. They did, yeah. They outsourced their writers. Yeah. It's true. It's really interesting. But also, what I would say to... But my why are they the, one of the most hated bands amongst music people? And we, you know this. Everyone yeah. you meet who we know always I says the Eagles. Like them. I after, like them. after prepping like them. for this whole thing, I'm kind of into them. Now. No, I know, yeah. but like I'm you're not saying not that ironically. Them, like I respect. You them. know, you're not into them like other bands from that era, and no. like people we talk to who we know. Yet they're the biggest band. Well, like kind of a Nickelback vibe. It's maybe. like the, the Big Lebowski thing, you know. I hate the Eagles. No, it's like a thing. It's like a joke that they're bad. When you're really famous, that's what happens. Yeah, though. I don't know. I saw an interview with like Chris Martin talking about that with like... Coldplay, where he's like, "I know a lot of." That's well, the Bee Gees, doc, eh? Yeah, where he's like, yeah. you know, when you become, I know, and he's actually quite nice, and I think he does a good job in that. Where he's like, you know, when you get really big, there is an inevitable massive backlash against you and i you know i know what that feels like you know and yeah but you just they have also to keep, are kind of keep bad. your eyes on the prize who Coldplay. well they're only as bad as the eagles i guess yeah but the beatles are good the stones are good no one goes around they're huge no one goes around talking about how the stones suck so I, why why is that like that's, the, that's why i was talking about being skeptical of culture and i yeah, think well, that what i mean what i mean to say and i think that this r- relates to everything we're saying is that all culture can do and music can do at its best is describe the the now, the conditions of the now, of what is happening right now. And then and that's all it can do. And then people can use that description and to 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 create movements or do it's never political. It can never do that stuff. And I think that that's what the mid 70s were like. Like I think that the Eagles are like the a zeitgeist of culture where it's like you know, the hippie stuff failed. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. Like, everyone's dead. Janice, Beavis, Elvis, <laughs> Otis, Sam Cooke. We're all, it's all gone. Like, and all that's left are the, like, signifiers of what this music at one point represented. But Vietnam's still happening. We're all still high. And now that high's turned into deep paranoia. Like because we're all, nothing really changed, and and the signifiers are still there, and we can just fill it with a new thing, and that's the start of neoliberalism too, and corporate greed, and it's like we're gonna make a lot of money. It's I'm like, getting well, paranoid. Listen, to exactly. You, I think Johnny that- said he wanted to have a coffee. I was like, dude, you'll get 
I think I'll put it up. I, I know what you're saying, James, yeah. but I, I would just say the Eagles weren't culturally relevant at all. They that's were, what that's I, the that's, difference that's between what them. I'm and, saying I'm with Mike. I think what it is, honestly, is that it was easy to digest. Yeah, it's like, like I think that it was music that, like you say, all these people were coming sure. out of things. They were having babies. They had jobs. They were yeah. doing shit. They didn't want to have to think too much about yeah. it. It was easy to listen to. Yes. It was essentially easy listening they're music. Capturing like, the, they're capturing, like I say, they're capturing the now. Yeah, it's like how Bread, all those kinds of bands, although I love Bread, all that, <laughs> that shit Dude, took Bread off. Dude, Bread is totally your vibe. Yeah, that, all that stuff took off in the 70s because it was like, you know what? I just don't want to think too much about this. There's always been that shit there. There's always been Doris Day and yeah, this. dude Doris. Yeah, Day, but there was a moment. You there know, Doris Day was fucking sly from Sly I and the Family so. Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know who's Doris Day's son? Terry Melcher, who who's like the Are sleaziest we go down guy, that road? the sleaziest guy of all time. Was like literally the guy that Manson and he was trying to kill when he accidentally killed Sharon Tate. They were going for Melcher. Melcher also wrote Kokomo, the song. Co-wrote it. With John Too Phillips. bad he wasn't killed. Fuck. Exactly. <laughs> We're thinking that's the sleaziest songwriting team of all time. John Phillips, Terry Melcher, and Mike Love, Kokomo. Yeah. <laughs> Writing know, about an imaginary island. Which yeah. Brian Wilson, the up until last year, thought was real. Anthem. And Johnny Payne. And Johnny Payne. Yeah. yeah. There's an interview of Brian Wilson from last year there where someone asked him about Kokomo. in the Virgin Kokomo, Islands, by the and way. He's like, <laughs> and he, and he didn't, didn't know it wasn't real. <laughs> yeah. He thought it was a real place. Well, and then I said that to Johnny, and Johnny was like, it's not a real place? Well, it is. It's not off the Florida Keys, but there is a Kokomo. Is it near Aruba? It's not near Ooh, I Want to Take You. No. You're saying that Ooh, I Want to Take You is not a place? I thought that was in French Polynesia. What are you talking about? How's your honey? Well, we've cool, already uh, talked about everything I know about the Eagles, so what else you guys oh, got? Oh, look, this, is, this guy's like unplugged his mic over here. What? This is a shit show. <laughs> this Am is I some on high here? roller energy here. Am I on? Am I on? Am I on the right cord? I don't know. Let me check. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a blast for the last hour. Yeah, no, I got you. <laughs> That'd be great. I'd love to maybe start all the, over. Maybe all those quotes were a Johnny's mic. <laughs> I'd love to start over, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I think is going on with the Eagles. I think that they're they're an huh? expression of the the culture of the mid seventies, yeah. ultimately, which is like people get older, pretty bloated at that point, and that's like you, you, be, because too. of songs like Hotel California. You know what's interesting so about Hotel California, other than line? it being a fucking wicked. T- no, I like the sleazy stuff. I love when that, the Eagles... that stuff references the lifestyle of the 70s, yeah. right? So is that what you're talking about? I think I just shit? mean like no, I think that sleazy stuff is actually pretty cool. I think that that's that's like pretty it's just radio rock. I yeah, but I like <laughs> Johnny's just like fuck these guys. <laughs> Hotel California is a cool tune. Yeah, I'll tell Feldner that man. That poor guy's got like to schlep around solo. the casinos with a. You know, Pro Tools thing on his voice. Have you seen Feldner? <laughs> He's got a tour. Well, he really tried. He's got like a auto tune, <laughs> auto tune on his voice. Are you kidding me? No. Oh my god! So he's not included in this new uh, live show they've done, Mike. They, they had tell a us very about tumultuous that. lawsuit to, for him to get out of the band. A lot of lawsuits. So tell me about uh, this new. Uh, the Eagles are back, right, Mike? 
Jesus Christ. These guys are doing some Ashram Swami shit next door right now. I feel like they're running the gambit of like 60s counterculture. What's going on next door? It's like they went from kind of bye bye love two minutes ago to folk. And now, now they're kind in kind of, of like, the, now they've gone to Rishikesh. Yeah. They've kind of had like a... They're map. just doing the Beatles journey. Yeah, 100%. And they, like, like they started condensed. with kind of like, you know, Hard Day's Night kind of boogie rock. And then they yeah. went to like Rubber Soul Folk and now they're on to kind of... Soon they'll just be, G- they'll be doing blues. They're kind of jamming no, they're in. They're doing the Everly, Everly Brothers, Brothers actually. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I was... Trying to research for this fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. And I we do that the, a lot. Actually, the, <laughs> we've we've re- we've been I noticed like on the Wikipedia Eagles had a new album, year. and I was like, two thousand twenty is like, co- co- and it was like a live album too, <laughs> like live at the Coliseum, kind of like Pink Floyd style. Oh yeah, like at the ruins. I was like, oh, a Pompeii well, I'm like, when did they get energy. the chance to record this to a live audience? So I like, I click on it on Spotify. <laughs> And every third track is like one of the eagles addressing the crowd. It's like a little message from Joe. Nice. little message from like <laughs> Timothy B. Schmidt. Hey, guys. How y'all doing out there? And it's obviously a fake crowd noise. <laughs> and then and then the crowd, and then that sound from like if any of you use like a MIDI controller in Logic, where you like, yeah. you set it up like, applause and laughter yeah yeah sure click that and then you hit like the f sharp key and it goes <laughs> that's nice. when joe walsh introduces deacon fry which i thought was his name do you think he's named after the steely dan song or deacon blue like what do you think i think it's just because he's well, they, you don't think it's because all those guys love steely dan right because they're yeah. real they're like they never they're just they're real sad, musicians their egos are so bloated yeah. that when the when steely dan referenced them in yeah. a very negative way. Yeah. Is that like, referencing <laughs> them in What a Fool Would Say That? You think? No, no, that's referencing like the, the Crosby's Mon- Monterey. Like, like, we'll get into that after. Yeah. Because that's a good question. Uh huh. But because like this is your this is like welcome to like, like yeah. thanks Mike <laughs> sorry uh, Mike you should yeah, have someone to be like yeah no actually we'll get Could to you that want me to later. write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll take a note of it. Was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you and the, the, back na- there the with neighbors the are listening to the Eagles, and then they loved it. They thought they were like getting called out, and they was like the Steely Knives. Like, the, if that's like an insult, I don't know what, what kind of rebuttal that Steely is. Steely Dan, when did California. they call them out? Steely Dan called them out in a lyric: "The neighbors are listening to the Eagles." That's oh, all I, I can see. remember. Okay, yeah, and then Hotel California, and then Hotel California, they, they cut them with their Steely Knives. Like, that's the the best they could do, you know. Well, if they were outsourcing those songs, they should have found a better lyricist. I like it that. No, that's. I like it that uh, he sings in a kind of like he code switches and kind of has like sings in like a Jamaican accent in that song. Yeah, I like that. Well, it is kind of like that's why I was on a podcast recently, a guesting, and they I got asked a great question that they said. They said, Johnny, you know, on your podcast, you talk a lot about like drugs and like these 70s rock stars who did a lot of coke. And they said, what makes a cokey song? Well, how do you define that? And I, th- and I think that what it is, I, though I want to like write an essay about it or something, yeah. is, is like where you're so, you know, your ego's so bloated that you think that you can write a song that's like reggae and blues and like Latin and political and yeah. flavored and political all in one, and then it's like Hotel California. 
Uh, I mean, or the just tell them to listen to like love the one you're with live. 100%. or dark star yeah. <laughs> or just, just whole Steven watch Stil- that <laughs> yeah. dude have you thought about that riff of dark star Steven Stil- it's like like that <laughs> riff is like where you're so high you think it's a great cocaine he's like this sounds great yeah but that's better because it's JJ like making a he's making like a statement about it yeah he's bombed I mean Dark Star is up there. Stills has some of the cokiest songs of all time. I know, I sure. <laughs> Dark Star and Love the One You Love the One You're With for sure. Because yeah. watch me- that live. You'll the, get a good idea. The message of it's weird too. It's just like fuck the person who's Yeah, closest. fuck the one you're with. <laughs> like, <laughs> with you, baby. Yeah. Fuck it. My wife's at home, but like listen, I'm on tour. <laughs> yeah. Like we're on this. It's about good. me now. Disco Strangler <laughs> is the cokiest song of all time. Off the long run by the Eagles. There is no, that song, that's like what you just said about like, I think I can do like reggae, blues, politics, and um, rock at the same time, but I've done so much coke that I'm also going to change how rhythm works. Yeah. Like I've got a different, I've got a different like kind of rhythm. (laughs) Like it's not even a normal Western rhythm. It's like, it makes no sense. Well, how many genres are in Hotel California? Because we got reggae. For sure. We flamenco. definitely have flamenco. flamenco. Yeah. We got some definitely have like proto uh, 80s soft metal. There's like, with definitely the blues in the, le- in the lead guitar <laughs> playing. There's blues. There's It's kind of yeah. calypso too. With that yeah, yeah, reggae too. He's code switching vocally. So he's doing like, you know. Rock. He's doing uh, like <laughs> rock, but sung by like. King Tommy. On the dark desert yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of almost Indian too. It's accidentally. <laughs> some of the some of the prog. His version or Johnny's? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, jo- Johnny sounded a little bit like he was Ravi there for sure. He had Does a Ravi sing? vibe. He sings, you know, well, like I listen. He sings with his sitar. Sitar. Man. <laughs> listen, you can't guitar? listen. If, uh, you know what I mean. He probably can play guitar. But like okay, program. I was. Uh, you're talking about like, um, like how everyone in in the mid seventies is like, oh, you just like I don't want to think anymore. They're settling down. Yeah, they're okay. getting older. But yeah, it's it's not that like we're talking about 1975, 1967. It's it's eight years, right? Like the earnestness of people listening to music at Monterey that we just did. Like Ravi's playing and he demanded that people aren't even allowed to smoke cigarettes while he's playing because he really doesn't want it to like interfere with the message. And it's the same. You see like Four Way Street, they're all coked up playing like acoustic versions of songs to 100,000 people being like, guys, you're going to have to be quiet now. Otherwise, you won't get the message, you know? Mm-hmm. And those same, that's, it's the same, what I mean is, it's the same music. Like, like taking it easy is the same music as the seven years prior. Not even, like, five years prior. Like, Harvest's, what, 72 or something? It's the same style of music, but it, they've convinced people that they actually don't have to earnestly listen to it. Like, you don't have to. It sounds the same. It's the same instruments. The lyrics aren't even that different. And it's just like, but you don't have to listen earnestly. You can just, like, have it on in the background. Like, just, just like, live your life. You're right. Yeah, it is it, smart. It fucking is smart. thank God for that, man. I don't want to have to fucking think. I don't well, want to have to, like, 
I love the Eagles, man. Yeah, I don't fucking you know what want. I mean. Like, I, you know, I love Boston, dude. Yeah, give me the first album all day. That's yeah. why he was thinking, though. Well, that's yeah. cool, though. That guy was like, basically, that's a, per- that's a perfect album. There's he not was a, kind of a stinker There's on it. There's more music going on there. That guy was in a fugue state. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, kind of by himself working on two, building a studio and stuff. In like... his mind, building a yeah. studio. He also was probably into like train spotting and stuff he was like kind of like a bit you know he's like a spectrum guy he's a bit spectrum for sure like he's like really into like like he also killed the lead singer (laughs) brad delp tell tell me all about it he killed him yeah dude how just emotional torture yeah oh okay oh okay sorry there's not much of that any any but tom schultz is such a nice guy on the exterior that no one ever talks about it interesting so you you're saying like he led he I'm just letting him, you know I'm not saying the, anything on the I'm record you know. you're saying that 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 he killed the, the lead singer from, yeah he but, left a suicide note and he said Tom's been a motherfucker to me and wow. I'm gonna kill myself wow wow did any of the Eagles go out that way they're all alive well, sure. man yeah. Well, Meisner's fucking homeless now, thanks yeah. to the Eagles. They so. kind of said, "You leave, we'll ruin you." I'm None take, of them. Take that's what really struck me too. Oh, no, with Fry's this, like, dead. This fake. Yeah, but he he just died of actual stuff. Yeah, the doctor killed him. But uh, I'll make a note. Like this of that. live album with with Timothy B. Schmidt's like my predecessors here, the great Randy Meisner. <laughs> and I'm thinking Randy's not going to any shows these days. So, like no, he's a street no. guy. He's hanging out with Sly and Doris Day. But probably he, Randy Meisner the, probably doesn't like, do the a LA vocal intro. Does probably, he? Randy doesn't even remember he was in the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? And he's been erased from the corporate history of the Eagles, so he probably wasn't. It was so fucking bad being a part of the Eagles that I think guys like Leiden and Meisner just said, and "Fuck it here." Yeah. I love this kind of energy. Like so, Frank Ocean sampled ho- ho- some parts of Hotel oh, California. Bad move. <laughs> Recently. Bad move, buddy. I didn't like pay. And, and I just love this uh, language with Henley talking about it. He says, you know, some of these young kids have grown up in a world, <laughs> grown up in a world that doesn't understand or respect copyright material or intellectual property. And he says, they look at songs as interactive playthings. <laughs> And then, and then the it's exactly it, it, what Don Henley did his whole career. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what kills me. Yeah. yeah, and then this interviewer says, "Was he not flattered that an artist of Ocean's cool caliber?" Uh, and then Henley says, "I didn't think he was cool." <laughs> he interrupts. I thought he was a talentless little prick, and I still do. <laughs> <laughs> Money doesn't buy you happiness, man. He's a cr- crunchy old man. That yeah. is like uh, who got away with. He's just on his own crusade now. In his old age, his yeah. band's basically dead. It's kind of a QAnon yeah. energy. He's kind yeah. of on. It's like we gave our old people the internet, and this is like he's just like, <laughs> oh, I can just be on this all day. Well, he's just on the like, internet, skyping in with like congressmen, a hundred percent. Like help me. Yeah, because people are sampling my music, yeah. putting it on YouTube, not paying me. No, yeah. I also <laughs> don't. Yeah. He's kind of got this like reddish shoe to his skin too, like oh, kind of like yeah. Brian Burke from Years of Drinking. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah, think yeah, he yeah. has. I think it's just yeah. the stress no, it's of just, knowing people it, are like it's just like that kind him. of like permanently looks like he needs to take a shit kind of yeah. vibe. <laughs> but it's but the shit is rage. Yeah, yeah. Funny so, enough, the union he's like president of it's like 
co-authored by him and Courtney Love. Interesting. So these two people who are that just like sense. have a lot to lose. That lot makes, to lose. A lot to lose. <laughs> that makes a, a lot, lot of yeah. sense. That's a sleazy scene. Yeah. One way to put it, or two people who've been completely ripped off by the industry. 100%. They both seem like they've been ripped off mm-hmm. by the industry majorly. <laughs> Haven't got what's coming to them. And you're kind of like, that's their press angle. Like they mm-hmm. have, they hire some kind of like Blackwater Press, like deep state oh. press company to do, to say that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like to, to say that the guy who is the singer on the number two and three best selling album of all time has been ripped like, off. Hasn't gotten. What what he's he worth two hundred million dollars. Let him be. Yeah. <laughs> Give also, him what he's earned. He's willing to talk s- about everything except those two sixteen-year-old girls he killed when they yeah. died after he fucked them. Any that he'll he'll dis- in this interview he says all di- he said the interviewer says he'll discuss anything except that night. Yeah. That's off. Just loaded. a word of the wise guys. Would you edit this saying, please don't play any eagles over it because it'll get taken down? We should try it out. See what happens. <laughs> right. You know, well, wait getting... till James gets on Reddit, dude, and starts <laughs> fucking posting shit about Don Henley's rape uh, allegations. Yeah, absolutely. It, I guess like Walter Becker did a similar thing and became an avocado farmer in Hawaii. Yeah. Well, it wasn't similar in that the woman actually died. Yeah. Well, I think one of them died at, at Henley's house. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that he called Geffen up and was like, yeah, yeah. make this disappear. Oh, right, that's right. That's and what he wrote, or he wrote the lyrics to Dirty Laundry. He had a, a writing partner at that point. Yeah, <laughs> That was when he, the press yeah. were talking about his murder of a yeah. 16-year-old dirty girl. Laundry. And he's like, be. stop airing my dirty laundry yeah. out. Yeah. But guys like that, you know, I read about he's a, like an avid environmentalist. Nice. So he'll hide behind some of course, bullshit yeah. cause yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, to yeah, smoke yeah. and mirrors. Yeah. Well, yeah. a lot of that kind of energy, like you see a lot of that kind of like like 80s corporate energy. Those guys will be like, <laughs> they use like Eastern mysticism because they grew up with like Ravi and a lot of the Beatles stuff and like the Rishikesh Swami scene. So they'll use a lot of that to be like, Oh yeah, like I've like destroyed like people's lives. I've like pulled down the Amazon rainforest, but that's not the real me. The real me is transcendental, and I'm into <laughs> yoga and the Beatles and all that all that kind of neat stuff, know. you know. And that's kind of his vibe, you know. Yeah. He's like, "No, I'm a, I like listen, we're destroying the planet, but you know, don't worry about those girls in the bathtub." Yeah. yeah. Underage girl ODs, and the song's really about how the media and yeah. news isn't doing their job. Yeah. They're not talking Fake about news. the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> Fake news, like, dude. Come on, buddy. Yeah. yeah. We know what's up. It doesn't matter that he had like a kind of like a runner who would go out in a car and just like scour bus stops. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> for like transient women yeah. <laughs> arriving in LA looking yeah. for a job. Yeah. And be like, hey, you want to go party with one of the Eagles? Yeah. 100%. That's a good vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's a sleazy vibe, man. Salads and sun, baby. I always wondered whether... That like, song's about the Beatles, I think. But I always kind of thought Crosby, in a white... A Monterey yeah, thing? Uh, it's kind of Monterey Stetson thing. Because hat. Lennon was wearing that, that, that hat at the time, and there was a reference to Old Brown Shoe, which is a Beatles song. Okay. Ah, okay. And Lennon was all about just this right. kind of... While he shallow heard, idealism. While he was slapping around everyone in sight. <laughs> and I love Same those, kind of thing. Yeah. And Being I love those. Negligent father to his first And born. I love those photos of um, him and uh, Yoko while they're bedding for peace 
are get, is getting cleaned by the like Filipino like maids and they're stood <laughs> off the bed because they need it. Like we're not fucking staying in this bed. But clean the fucking bed and we'll get back in it for the photos. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And the like two protests he went on, and like, all, all the because John just got the same hat and clothes. It's like two of them. Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of a Che vibe, man. Yeah, and to think you know. he did it all because he wanted to fuck Paul. Yeah, you know, a hundred percent. Just wanted to fuck Paul over, and Paul always <laughs> got the better of him too. Kind of like Neil and Stills a little bit or something. Like it was. I mean, that's complicated. It's like not caring. Like, because Paul, I, I don't think Paul really cared as much about the rivalry. Oh, you think he wanted to actually have sex with Paul? Oh, sorry. On a deep level, yeah. On a deep level. Probably. Well, they did have sex. Did they? There are many, there's many stories of Beatles orgies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about if he penetrated Talk the about anus. a circle of fear. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if. I don't know if John penetrated Paul's anus. <laughs> well, no. It's just, we're, it's, I'm not going to claim to say that, but I do know I've read a bunch of books that there were many orgies in the early 60s. Well, and Paul is many a vegetarian, or- All too, four now, involved. So All four Beatles that. involved. All four Beatles involved. Circle jerks were like a thing. That was like a pre-show ritual kind of thing. That's but, also like to do with like board, like uh, men-only boarding school stuff. That's just like normal in England. That's just no in the sixties. I'm serious. In no, I know. It's, <laughs> I'm serious. I've read there were orgies were crazy. Like like Ronnie Spector was involved oh, yeah. in some. It was wild. You can so. only be the prime minister of. England you can only if write songs like, that had, good if you've if like you had a blowjob from a dead partner. Dick. Oh, you think it's to do with that? That's why they were so good. That's why we've never be been successful. We've not been fucking. Nick's Buckingham, Lennon, McCartney. <laughs> Fry, Fry Henley. Oh, yeah. There we go. We're getting somewhere finally. <laughs> I always. Do you think they were fucking? Stills has never had sex in his life. Well, that's why he's <laughs> never written a good song. Well, who was Neil fucking? Probably Joni. No, he didn't do. Uh, Graham and Joni. They had some good songs. One song. Yeah, she had a lot of good songs, but she was she was definitely like. Well, he no, no, sorry. She had a lot of sexual power. James, I'm really sorry. You asked the question and I had the answer. It's if you're a solo singer songwriter, you don't need to have sex with your songwriting partner. It's only if you're a partner songwriting partnership. King Toppin. Exactly. Elton John, Bernie Toppin. They were fucking. I think King Goffin, didn't I? Bernie. King Toppin. That's cool. (laughs) That's a cool scene. Yeah. She was we the can music. Make that King Goffin, still. they were married. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know about Elton John and Bernie Toppin. They, probably. I don't know, man. Page and Plant? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Definitely. Well, they were Jagger Richards? Get over 100%. it. 100%. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Who wasn't Jagger fucking? Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm sure they fucked. 100%. Jagger and Richards. Yeah. Uh, Simon Garfunkel. Well, Cocksucker oh, Blues. Well, he didn't know. He didn't help write any songs. They he were was fucking. Trying, he was trying to have sex with Paul Simon a lot. And oh. he was like, nah, he's like, I got this. Oh, okay. <laughs> Use that he's energy. He's like, dude, let me, like, yeah. let me yeah. be part of this songwriting partnership, man. We you could be so much more. You could do whatever you want to be. And he's like, no, I got this. Use that energy. <laughs> channel that sexual frustration to just sing the best female unit harmonies you can exactly yeah <laughs> exactly yeah 